This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Go Steelers! Go Steelers! Say go Steelers! Go Steelers! Stood the Bears in the NFL has not withstood the Steelmen, who are now the winners of four in a row, stock rising, shooting out of the roof. And you know what? You should take advantage. Buy. Buy the stock at symbol.com, everybody. That's S-I-M-B-U-L-L.com. That's our new sponsor where you can trade sports teams like stocks. It is the stock market for sports. We try to tell you all season, the Steelers were one and three. We said, hey, stock's never going to be lower. Buy, buy, buy. And you know what? We were right. That's why you come here for our prevalent and, and omnipotent knowledge about the Steelers. No, but in all seriousness, simple is cool. You can bet on your favorite teams. You can bet on teams like the Bengals to collapse, and you can do it with the new promo code SD, like sports drink, to make your first deposit risk-free, which means even if you lose money, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. So make like Jordan Belfort, Belfort, whatever his name is, Leonardo DiCaprio's character, play the stock market. Do it. Symbol. Spotify Green Room, everybody. It's a live audio-only sports talk platform where you can talk to athletes, insiders, and fans in real time. You listen to podcasts all day like I listen to podcasts all day? Get in on those conversations. People are out there making things happen and saying things about sports. Download the Spotify Green Room app for free in the iOS app store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group and get to talk to a bunch of other psychopaths like me. You, Papa Tom, and all the other Steelers faithful out there, the Spotify Green Room. Yeah, I don't even want to start with the referees. I guess we will. We'll just get it out of the way. I mean, the referees took points away from from Chicago on a touchdown that should have counted earlier in the game in which uh, there was a bad call for a legal low block outside the tackle box. And then, of course, there was the ridiculous taunting penalty they called on Steelers' castaway Cassius Marsh, which would have uh, ended the Steelers' drive at the end of the fourth quarter, which would have prevented them from getting a field goal, which would have made it increasingly likely that the Chicago Bears, who were knifing through the Steelers' defense at that time, would have won that game. Definitely admit that. And then when I tell you how do I factor it into my analysis, I do not. It does not matter. We said this. We've said this so many times when we talk about this, about this sport. Football, and particularly the NFL, is very luck-based who are you going to – like, when is a starting quarterback going to be injured? Uh, when are you going to have the wrong guy injured for a particular game? When are you going to get a bad call? When is your entire dynasty going to crumble because two phantom pass interference calls in the Superdome? 
against that Saints in that game I always reference. The Steelers lost a game against the Chargers that year because of ridiculous calls with a block in the back on a punt return that was a touchdown. And then a thing where the uh, Chargers false started and their wide receiver ran a go route. Everybody else on the field stopped. Rivers threw it to him. Touchdown. Everybody knew it was a false start. It was a literal free touchdown, right? So all I'm trying to say is that it doesn't matter to me. The Steelers are in a position now where you just want to see them build. And these wins build confidence. And we could talk about the performance of the young guys. But uh, as an NFL show, I understand the need to talk about the refs. It was horrible. It has to change. But as a Steelers show, I look at it like this, Dad. The style points are out the window in a bigger way than ever this year. I, I know that Tomlin always used to say that. I completely disagree with that. With the Killer Bees, when there were signs of weakness and wins, you're nervous because your goal is Super Bowl. It's like, oh, they got the win, but are they really that good? We know how good the Steelers are. They're a work in progress. So I think that it's just amazing that they maintain that. What are they, like 250-0 and and 2 right now when leading by 14 in the fourth quarter at home? Thank goodness. That was the thing I wasn't going to like, putting that one in that loss column. That wouldn't have been cool. Yeah, you're going to play the Steelmen midseason at night at Heinz Field with the color rush, it's over. We've talked about they've turned around a few seasons when they emasculated the Titans a couple years ago and poor Marcus Mariota. They did the same thing to Cam Newton and the, and the Panthers. When they put those, those, uh, those color rush on, the Patriots, the one freaking time they beat the Patriots, you know it's going down. And the Steelers started phenomenally. It looks like they were going to try and put them away earlier, and you're joking about it earlier in the show, right? Oh, we think we might have a good night. We both know. This Steelers team is not going to just run away with it. So, uh, But it is nice to see them get the victory there. They're stacking these wins. They're going to play Detroit, the winless Detroit, next week. We all know that's going to be a nail-biter. It does not matter. We're just we looking for improvement care. from people like future Hall of Famer Pat Fryermuth, who not only played like Heath Miller, but he met Heath Miller before the game, and then after the game had the wherewithal and the veteran wisdom to post the picture and caption it, Heath. The guy really knows how to endear himself to the Yinzer Nation, right? It's pretty good. Um, okay, you want to just talk some big themes real quick? We talked about the refs being a big story and the style points not mattering. I think the second biggest thing I would notice, not to be too negative, the defense worries me. This defense, I don't know if I would say they're overrated, but I would say... We knew that they'd have some secondary problems with some new guys who are promising in the secondary, but, you know, inexperienced and not overly athletic outside of Minka. I think alu-alu into it. You know, they were really relying on this front seven to just be a menace, and they were relying on Devin Bush to take a step forward, which he hasn't totally done. I love the way Justin Fields looked for Chicago, but he was throwing to some wide open people all night. So bad that they ran the same go route three plays in a row until it finally worked, right? Yeah, he is not an NFL cover corner. He he can't do it. I mean, Allen Robinson, who's not a speed guy, he's an awesome receiver, he walked by him and had a 10-yard head start or a head 10-yard cushion, right? And Mallette, he knew that he was going. It's not like he got faked out of his shoes. He was trying, but he's like, oh, there he goes. <laughs> Come on, legs. And he was just not getting any ground. Yeah, that's a nice. It's Yoshi. <laughs> That's his no. That's, he's basically Yoshi. And by the way, when Yoshi makes that noise, he hovers. He's trying to fly. 
He can't fly. He eventually lands. And that's exactly what happened to Arthur Mollette there. But uh, you're right. Situationally, he actually had some awesome plays against the run the past few weeks. But we have realized Mike Hilton, he is not. Because while Mike Hilton was not a lockdown cover corner, you could put him in coverage. Plenty. Mollette, I don't want to see it ever again. So that would be the second big takeaway for me from this game would be a little bit worried about this defense. Yes, it wears down over the course of a game because the offense doesn't hold onto the ball extremely well, although they had the ball for 34 minutes, I believe, in this game. I, I don't think that that's simply what it is. I think that there's some attrition and that the secondary has not been tested, and they were carved up by a bad offensive team. And so that's a little bit worrisome. So, in the interest of keeping that streak alive, and in the interest of celebrating and basking in what is another Steelers win, in the interest of celebrating a Steelers win that was once again watchable, I mean, it was just getting so boring over the last two years of Steelers football with the Duck year, the Mason year, and then last year, the 11-0 start was nice. It wasn't pretty, but it's hard to not be excited when you're 11-0, but the, the last few of those wins the writing was on the wall. And then the Steelers became a completely unwatchable team who could barely muster 14 points in a game. And that continued through the first four games of this season. So honestly, I'm just excited to see uh, games that are coming down to the wire. Chris Boswell, MVP. I mean, it all comes down to Boswell, TJ Watt, and Cam Hayward. Won that game for the Steelmen. Fryermuth played his part. Najee played his part. He should have had 21 carries for negative 48 yards, and he ended up getting a little over 50. But Boswell, McAfee pointed this out for the brand on his show today. Might have been the best fourth quarter a kicker's ever had. He had a 54-yard field goal, a 52-yard field goal, by the way, at Heinz Field. By the way, by the way, There's never been two 50-yard field goals made in one game at Heinz Field. He did it in a couple minutes. And on top of that, the 40-yard game winner. Oh, yeah. And a fumble recovery. Chris Boswell, the killer bee, is in full force. And just to think, one week after his horrific display as a quarterback, Chris Boswell is massive. The Steelers obviously won the penalty game. And honestly, look, those refs gave the Steelers a lot of uh, insanely favorable calls. But there was a point there where the Chicago Bears were going off sides on every single play. And there's footage, and even the refs acknowledged it, and Lewis Riddick, the commentator, acknowledged it. They were still going off sides on other plays. The refs eventually had mercy on the Bears. The Bears should have had more penalties. And so the Steelers played it like this. Awesome, have an awesome kicker, have a good defense, and don't get killed with penalties. And then Ray Ray McLeod kind of was the reason why it was a close game because the guy fumbled and gave them points on a kick return, on a punt return. But otherwise, the Steelers would have handled their business. And having Chris Boswell is like having a Justin Tucker, and that's a big part of it. That's part of the formula. I have to assume that's the reason why they keep running on second and 15, second and 19, and second and 17, which they did yesterday. By the way, they handed the ball to Benny Snell on at least one of those. So that is just insult to injury. And I guess it really is like, hey, we are just trying to keep this thing close and let Boswell win it. Even Ben said in his post-game press conference, he said, hey, they scored. And I said, dummies. I'm paraphrasing here. (laughs) Absolute morons. They don't know who's standing on the other sideline here. It's Yinzer John Wayne. Me. Big Ben, they left me too much time. 
and I'm not even thinking about a touchdown. I'm thinking about a field goal. And in my opinion, we have one of the best kickers in the league. And I knew I could get him the score, which was kind of cool because, you know, you would in the past, you would probably hear Ben say, I'm thinking touchdown. I know that that's almost semantics, but it just shows Ben has been playing a little bit more inside himself, setting more realistic goals for himself and for the offense. Like, look, I'm getting into field goal range here to get Boswell what he needs. And that is a luxury, having a guy like Boswell where you have that kind of uh, confidence in him, especially after just sustaining brain damage eight days ago. And he's back out there doing his thing. So that's pretty awesome. So if we get back to the overall points, we talked about the defense. There's worries there. There's holes in the coverage. There's issues at middle linebacker at times, just in terms of an underachieving standpoint. They got faked out of their show. Oh, Devin Bush got got a couple times on Justin Fields' read options. That's a little disappointing. You would think he, uh, you know, being a Michigan man, he'd, he'd be familiar with a read option. That being said, Cam Hayward and TJ Watt are so good. And Minka Fitzpatrick had some really nice tackles. They're so good that they make up for the rest of the defense. It was terrifying when, when Cam Hayward went down, but of course he came back in. So the defense is on a little bit of a watch. We just got to pray that Stephon Tuitt comes back. It gives you a little insight into why the Steelers apparently inquired up to Fletcher Cox, who the Philadelphia Eagles were apparently looking to unload at the trade deadline. They couldn't get it done. But you think, hey, they really understand – our team was built to have star defensive linemen, and we're down two of them. That, that, that's a massive blow, you know? That's like losing two receivers. I mean, it's very tough. So, which the Steelers are down right now with, with Claypool being evaluated for a toe injury and Juju already being out. So, that's something to keep an eye on. On the offensive side of the ball, it was a little disappointing because despite the, the good start, the offensive line finally sputtered. Three games in a row where the offensive line took a clear step forward, where they were able to open some holes for Najee. Najee's getting into the four yards per carry uh, region. There is nothing to say about Najee except for he cannot be tackled by a single man. I mean, he's breaking tackles in the backfield the whole game. He's been the same guy the whole time. But the offensive line really got worked against that very large and sizable interior defensive front from Chicago with Roquan Smith, that middle linebacker, making a lot of plays as well. I mean, I think Kendrick Green, it was a rough game for him. You're just showing how difficult it is going to be for him to play against gigantic people. And the Bears have bigger people than the Browns had during the game and the Seahawks and the Denver Broncos. So it makes sense that they struggled a little bit. It's just a little bit disappointing to see them, you know, have a few good games and then uh, kind of stop it there. But... That being said, it was an intriguing run attack in the second half where it seemed like the Steelers were running, you know, nine out of ten plays, and they found a bunch of different ways to get the receivers the ball on reverses. And Canada has shown to be extremely creative in that. I heard some complaining about the play calling. The only thing I have a problem is with the second and 19 runs because if you're just going to admit to us, hey, second and 19, we don't want to get into interception territory. We're just going to hand it off. Well, then you better hand it off on third down too. But the Steelers oftentimes go for it on third down. So then I'm sitting there thinking, well, what, what was the point of not getting yards on second down? Are they really that dense to think, well, we just want positive yards? No, throw a freaking six-yard pass. Get some, get some yards. So that, that annoys me. But otherwise, when you're talking about uh, all the runs in the fourth quarter, 
I guess I did have a problem with at a certain point, whenever it was third and one or fourth and one, the Steelers are always going to run that wing formation and they were going to hand it right up the gut behind the Steelers' tiny rookie center uh, who was having to face off against gigantic men from the Bears' interior front. Didn't love that so much. But overall, I guess I'm trying to say, I thought Matt Canada did some interesting things with the reverses, which took all different shapes and sizes. It was. It's not one reverse. There's all different kinds from different formations with different motions, and uh, they made the most out of them. Even if it's a two or three yard carry, like that's what the Steelers got to do at this point because they sure as hell weren't getting yardage on the interior. And then if that fails, you of course always have the 40 year old Ben Roethlisberger to run the ball himself, as Mike Florio called him today, the Tin Man. I take offense to that. He is not a Tin Man. He is a Steel Man. He's a Steel Man. He is the Steel Man besides Mean Joe. All right. But that was hilarious when Ben pulled the ball and tried to run for the first down. To his credit, it did. It was reminiscent of the Peyton Manning naked bootleg. I think it was for the Broncos, where nobody on God's green earth or in the history of said earth was going to think Peyton Manning was going to do a quarterback run for a touchdown. So Ben almost got away with it. Um, that being said, Steelers know what they are. They, they can't be out there trying to throw the ball and getting it intercepted or getting sacks or taking out of field goal range. And they were able to just chip away ugly to get Chris Boswell within 55 yards of the field goal post where he's going to make it happen. He made it happen. So offensive line did not take a step forward. Offense didn't take a step forward. You got to worry about Chase Claypool's injury. Overall, they did enough to win the game with the help of the refs on some key uh, moments. Now, if we want to talk real excitement on offense, Fryermuth is that guy. He is the second coming of Heath. It's uncanny. He's modernized. You know, tight ends can catch, you know, more athletically and beautifully now, but Heath never dropped anything coming his way. Obviously, Heath was a, a, an even crazier blocker, but we've already seen Fryermuth make massive improvements. And we want to be able to see him block defensive ends or linebackers at a certain point. But I've noticed his blocking on the perimeter for the screens and the sweeps on corners and guys who are outside has been excellent. He's led the way for a a few big runs to the outside. But those freaking hands, man, the Steelers have never had a guy like this. I mean, besides A.B., who's just, you know, blanket statement, whatever kind of catch there is, he's going to make. They've never had a guy who just mosses people consistently in the red zone the way Fryermuth does. It's incredibly exciting. And if you look at this season, you know, we've all talked about the weird value proposition to get a a running back in the first round and a tight end in the second round. But it seems like they're both superstar players in the making, Uh, you know, potentially, hopefully. You'll see what happens with Fryermuth the more he learns, especially at tight end, which is a tough position to adjust to. You obviously won't ever see his true potential until we get a quarterback and offensive coordinator who are going to throw down the middle of the field. I mean, a tight end's got to take advantage of those long seam routes. But when you can catch the ball the way he catches that ball, when you can scramble around and scramble drills and get open for Ben, you have that kind of feel. That is something that you cannot teach, and it's probably only going to get better for him. So that was incredibly exciting seeing what Fryermuth did. I think we're all hyped about that. And I think, you know, Najee was Najee. I said that already. We're, we're kind of getting to the point with Najee where there's really no analysis required. He breaks a tackle every time he touches the ball. We haven't got to see him really use split out in the pass game as much as maybe we thought, but he's Najee. The other big thing is Ben has played inside himself. He's playing old man ball. But finally, Deontay and Claypool made some back shoulder and combat catches. 
And then Fryermuth has been making those for Ben. And that's what I've been saying. The past few weeks, Ben has actually started to throw more back shoulders. We haven't seen those in a year. But those take a lot of time in between the receiver and the quarterback. And it's an art for the receiver. And they both caught very nice back shoulder passes in the first half. If they just catch those, they'll have an opportunity to catch one a game for sure. Ben is, is been delivering. He has been delivering those very nicely, and he traditionally loves those kind of routes. If they can keep making those, then the Steelers can continue to piece together offense the way that they are while the offensive line slowly improves. So that's pretty much the way I look at it. Again, you got to give Tomlin an A. It's four wins in a row. I think. You know, again, when you're talking about the refs, the ball wasn't in the end zone on that taunting on that taunting play. So it made a big difference, but it's not like the Jesse James game or the New Orleans Saints game where they're they're giving it to them directly in the end zone that way. I know it took a touchdown away earlier, but that that was very early in the game. Could have changed the complexion. You you never know how it's gonna play out after that. And I guess that happened in the Saints game a little bit too. But all I'm trying to say is that. When you are a team like the Steelers, you're just trying to string together wins. You're trying to improve. That ref thing doesn't dim my excitement for the fact that this team has ugly balled their way into yet another victory. This trap game, I don't even know if you can call it a trap game against the Detroit Lions. This is a usually a Steelers special. I think Mike Tomlin should have them pretty psyched. Uh, I, I'd almost be more worried about the Lions if they had one win. I think the zero wins kind of puts a little bit more pressure on where you know at practice that week, we don't want to be the team that gives them the one win. You know, they have none rather than the Jaguars sneaking up on the Bills this past week. Oh, they got one win already. Oh, the Jaguars suck. You just think, oh, they suck. With the Lions, you think they're the no-win team. We're not going to be the guys. We're losing to them. So I do think the Steelers will take care of business this week. And if they can get to six and three, Watch out, because that's good news for the Steelers. That's good news for the continuity of the organization. That's good news for the momentum going in through the rest of the year, and it's good news for the momentum going into next year. There's a really cool video that I retweeted on the Steelers Outpost Twitter account today where somebody had a phone in the tunnel for pregame introductions, and they showed Ben running out for the introduction. But before, it's basically a shot of Najee, waiting, kind of moving his feet back and forth, getting ready as the announcer calls his name. And Ben is behind him as Ben is going to be the last guy who's announced from the pregame intros. It was just a cool juxtaposition. It was cool symbolism to show the old and the new. Najee runs out into the tunnel and Ben gives a hug to the guy who is responsible for playing Renegade. I'm sorry, I don't know if I don't remember the reporter who tweeted this thing out. It's on my retweet, so you can find him there. But apparently, Ben gives a hug to the this this stout Steelers staffer who is the Renegade man. I assume on another team, that guy would have multiple jobs. Maybe, you know, he works with equipment, maybe he works with sound in the stadium in general. But I have to assume for the Steelers, that is his only job. He's just a man who sits in a glass case with a big red button that plays Renegade when the time comes. And he gives him a hug. And it's a cool moment, man. It's like genuine. And then he kind of hops up there. You see Ben gathering himself. Like he's a little nervous before these games. And then he hops out and runs out of the tunnel right after Najee. So um, I looked at that as, wow, Najee runs out there as the new. And then Benny's following him up with the old. And uh, I think that 
this game and this season will help transition that new team. So that's why we want to min- want the Steelers to win as many games as they can, despite the draft stock stuff. Because at this point, they've got some momentum. You want Fryermuth and Najee and Dotson and all these young guys and TJ to be the leaders of the next generation once Ben's gone and once Cam's gone shortly after him. So this was another step in that direction. It was a joy to watch, even though my heart... Uh, alarmed me for the first time in like over a year it was a fun feeling to have Steelman got the Lions next let's take care of business follow us on Twitter at Steelers Outpost send us an email SteelersOutpost at gmail.com as always till next week go Steelers Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, The ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery.